Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of HivriaCast. My gosh, I am super excited right now. I have the guest of all guests, no offense to the other guests, but this is a guest I've been waiting to have on for ages and she's here. Rachel Can, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited. I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped too. You, this, I'm so flattered you said that because you know I love podcasting. I'm it's a true. huge fan. So I've yes. been like dying to get on the show. I'm very <laughs> impressed you knew the number of the episode. I know that's not always the case. I, you, you're right. You stated that with oh my clarity gosh. and <laughs> verb and countenance, grace and aplomb. You wow. knew. You're such a listener that I you told knew you that I, like I don't it. always know the number. That's Yeah, impressive. so I felt special. And I like that yeah. it's a 2-2. Two, two. I like when it's like two of a numeral. You know what I mean? We have a double, a double deuce. It's, it's soothing. It's soothing? Yeah, for me, I like it. Right. I so, let's, maybe should we just go right I, into that? Well, I just wanted to say, because we're talking about how excited I am to be here, because I right. live in L.A., so that's why we're, right. like, we're like... that's the point. It, when, did it, when did you first start recording? Not go on the air, but start recording. It was after last October. After last October? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think like six months ago or something. So, I've been... Because I, I'm not here and you have this fabulous studio, so we couldn't just do it over the phone or Skypey or something. No, no. way. Had to wait until I was in New York. Yeah, and I so needed your here. energy here, you know, Yeah, not just it's way studio. more fun this way, of course. It's way more fun sitting here with you. Yeah. And so, I'm really happy. We almost forgot to schedule it, which is really exciting. Remember? <laughs> we were, well, what's happening, and even getting this happening was amazing that we got here. We did our third annual Hevria and Rachel birthday show. True. But once we, I would think it was like, I might have been like at the airport. I can't remember. Yeah. And I was like, um, Hevria cast. Yeah. <laughs> we got to schedule that. So I'm going from here to the airport. Wow. Because I was here for the birthday show, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the get down, which I want to talk about too. Okay. And then, do you know where I went after that? Um, No. I really? No I was in Massachusetts for the right, Rabbit Heart Poetry oh, right. no, Film I do know. Festival. Do you know what happened? You you won. We won. We won the Wait, whole so festival. Tell me, tell me about that that experience. It was um, Wait, before we okay, start, sorry. let's okay. let's let everyone know. Just I'm sure everyone knows who Rachel Kane no, is. No, not no. But let's talk a little bit about what yeah. you do and then we'll talk about why you want like that will naturally lead okay. into winning However this you, thing. Either way you could do it. a zoom in, a zoom out. Whatever you like, I'm into it. Start we, to ask me anything, I'll answer what it. What do you do? I'm a poet, mm-hmm. and I also you're very am sp- a Libra. Oh, sorry, oh, go yeah, ahead. Libra. Yes. All right, and so am I. <laughs> yes. Right. Libra. And are you an INFP uh, as well? I don't even remember. Like, I okay. don't. I've done those tests. Right. But like. I, I find them very triggering, actually, which is why I just sat up really tall. You can't see that, listeners, but I don't like. I feel like every time I it take got, them, it got really intense in here. I could answer it like a hundred different ways. Do you right. know what? I, or four, because it's multiple choice. <laughs> Not a hundred, but four. But do you know what I mean? Like I can't even tell. And what is that? I think that right. makes me a sociopath. That I'm just trying to figure out what answer I should say, 
and don't even mm. have a natural answer. Like it doesn't. Right. Like you think like you don't have a soul, so you can't. Basically, respond to I'm it. a soulless golem, <laughs> just trying to find find out what personality type I am. Okay. And Pearl's here too. We should just tell people because that's exciting. Right. We have two guests today. Yeah. Would just in like case, to... also if she makes noise, so people want to. So, she b- rarely makes a peep, but. Right. So she's sitting on my lap right now. Is um, that okay? I'll get closer to the mic. <laughs> Is that is that behind the curtain magic we shouldn't talk about? Yeah, you just broke the illusion. <laughs> I but. feel I feel like being completely without a fourth wall today and being very we're gonna be present with the listeners. That's true. Very open and honest. So if I need to, this is already move to the mic. Here I come. This is already is yeah. This is very different already really? than all our Hebrea cast. Which really? Is, and yeah. I listen to him, and I'm not. No, you're a revolutionary in everything oh, that you do. So I, I think that you're revolutionizing Hebrea cast. I just really like podcasting. It's yeah. one of my favorite. Favorite media, media, right? Because that's media. the thing. You're one of my not, favorite media. Plural you're not just media. A, you're not just a poet, right? Oh yeah, you're, back to that. What am I? Besides a Libra and a poet and a poet and yeah, no, and I do podcast as well. Actually, yeah. I I've started podcasting. Do you want to hear about that, or should we do more lists? I also <laughs> am a lifelong dancer. I teach Zumba. I'm in Kohanet. Oh, right, yeah. Um, I am um, in Kohanet Priestess Ordination Program. Mm-hmm. And so we'll shortly, Bezrat Hashem, unless I screw up and fail my Talmud test. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we'll be ordained mm-hmm. as a priestess mm-hmm. in the states of California, New York, so I could... Wow. Officiate certain things like weddings and stuff like that. Oh, really? Is that yeah. what it's for? And well, yeah, the the ordination part. That's one of the things you can do with it. In the in the yeah. practical world, there's like mystical reasons to do it. See, we could go down any of these paths. Keep yeah. them in mind. We got the poet path, right. the Libra path, right. the right. podcast path, the priestess path. Yes, lots of peas there for you. Right. Everyone, More. you are on Hevria Cast with our host Rachel Can. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just guiding answering us. your question. No, I, I, no, no, no. I meant also that in the dancer. most positive way possible. Another rabbit hole we could go down the whole show. There's a lot. There's a lot. Here's the, here's what I think unites it, because I think. Oh yeah, tell it. I would love that's to hear. That's my theory. Please. I'll give you my theory. Please. Because you're a poet and you're a dancer and you're this and you're that mm-hmm. and podcaster, mm-hmm. but Please, I feel face. like. What's that? And a priestess. In training. In training. Not certified. By blood, though, yes. By blood. Amazing. So I see everything that you do. And one of the reasons, Mm. remember, like we were talking at the birthday party thing about how you were like this last minute addition to Rio, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I and love I, that. Right. Because at the time... Well, it makes when me we, think of Hashkach Pratis, like how things are just, you know, a lot right. of things in my life are like that. We're like, where did that come from? And just... Right, exactly. Someone else's leap of faith, like taking a risk on me. You took a chance on me. It's in true. that situation, you didn't really know me. So you took a chance in that sense. You knew the yeah. other people a little better or at least had time to think about them. Yeah, that's interesting. It was a snap decision. It was, and it wasn't, though, because this was the thing, is that at the time when we started it, this is a little Hevria meta, meta Hevria stuff. Some lore, but, some history. Yes. This is the origin, origin story. story. Yes. Yeah. So it was supposed to be an Orthodox site. That's mm-hmm. like, it was meant to be Orthodox, Orthodox. Taking a like, sip of water. The fourth wall's broken, just in case you hear noise. All right, guys. Everyone, Rachel. Should we site. take... Chabad? No, just go. Chabad Yeah, it was mainly... Or? Well, no, no. It was, there were, it was mainly 
like maybe 50 to 60% Chabadniks and then mm -hmm. the rest were straight Orthodox. That was the original mm -hmm. makeup of it. And then at the last second, I asked the group, what do you guys think? I don't think I ever even told you this. Because no, I didn't you wanna, never told me this. Because I didn't want to offend listening. you, I think, was probably what it was. And we were well, like... Well, now you're ready to offend me. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not offend our audience. Okay, everyone, everyone's going to find out our secrets the now. The secrets but, are out. Let's yeah. go. I, so, love, I love coming out. We're going to talk about that too, probably. That's true. So I asked, asked the group... So the, the, the heavier just for the listeners too yeah. so I'm sure it won't come as any surprise on Facebook we have a group a private group of all the writers right. so that we can discuss any number of things that need to be discussed so I'm assuming this is what you're talking about exactly so I'm not in the group yet this is before I even exist and you go in the group and you say I say I, so I was curious like <laughs> I was like guys I've been conceptualizing this as an orthodox thing but I, I mm -hmm. wonder Am I at that time? I happened to be going through the beginnings of a transition into mm -hmm. a different identity. I mean, still Orthodox, but a different. I was very straight Chabad when we yeah. started Hevria. Yeah, and I kind of was curious, like, what do you guys think if we didn't just make it Orthodox? But it was unanimous. Everyone said it shouldn't only be Orthodox. Nice. And and we, we have such a great group, and that's why. Right, and so it was interesting cool. because I admired you so much. So the mm -hmm. moment that they made that decision, I was like, Rachel has got to join. Oh, wow. So, I'm so honored, really. <laughs> no, really. And we should mention we were brought together by Rabbi Daniel Katz. I love to give him credit right. for that because, I mean, at least on my end, for sure, he was like, you need to read this and, like, sent me some pop chassid and was like, it's important that you know about him. Yeah. But I don't know what happened on your end. Yeah, no, the totally. Thing. He's the one, he's, that's, yeah, I think that was the connection. Yeah. Or I even maybe saw you comment. I love how that happens on Facebook. Like I saw your comments. Well, and I, I know it. that you, you mentioned that that was what had made you consider having me actually on the site. Right. We were like right in the middle of horrible so, conflict in Israel. Right, right, right. So, but that, so the, anyway, so I remember I was mm -hmm. starting this off by saying like what I think unites the mm -hmm. things about the, you. The things, yeah, the different so, things that answer, when I answer, what do you do? Yeah, so my theory is, not theory, but my, what I feel about you is that you, whatever you're doing, uh, whether it's poetry or anything else, it's spiritually infused, right? Oh, like yeah. you're trying to uplift it into the spiritual realms mm. or bring the spiritual realms into it. That's very flattering. And um, I think it's like kind of true in the sense that like I'm very, like I'm not, it can, it can sound very lovely. Here's what I'm trying to say. It can sound very lovely. And like the flip side of it is it like I'm not very grounded sometimes. Like I do, don't do so great in the material realm all the time. So I was like, oh, she brings, tries to bring the spiritual. Like, yes, I can like get on board with what you're saying. And like, I think that, um, so that's one side of it is this like, and right, like right. I lose track of time and I get lost. Like if people give me directions <laughs> with visual cues, I can't find my way. Like if they're like, turn right at the red barn, I'm like, that's. Hmm. No, I will not get there. But if, if, like, if you give me street names, I can do it. So, there's things about being elemental and on Earth that like I've had to work on. Right. So there's both sides of it. But yes, I definitely am flattered that you say that. I'm flattered that that's a a, a way that is um, a palpable, knowable thing about me. Hmm. And I also see like you know the other sides of it. Hmm. You're I, saying that there's also a negative side to it. It can't, you know, perhaps, right. I'm not complaining, I'm just saying anything right. exists not in a vacuum, you know, and is like, has 
good and bad elements. Right. But also, like, we should just tell people now, I'm so sick. I'm, like, a little under the weather. <laughs> I caught a little flu, and so my voice is a little crazy, and I'm going to have to have sips of water and maybe even blow my nose. Oh, my gosh. Sip coming. <laughs> it's, like, so dry and scratchy, but there's no place I'd rather be. It's great. <laughs> As you were just saying, <coughs> health, body, low, spirit, high, so good. <laughs> It's not always that's the case. So that's what lets and you that's the... what I was going to say next. That's the other side of it is that um, when you know the darkness, when you know pain and you know deep depression and sorrow, mm. you um, like you don't go mucking around in the dark because you get that it's serious business mm. and you take the light where you can get it. And if you can bring light to other people, you do it. Hmm. So some of it is like, you're you saying know, that's part of what you're trying to do. Well, it's part of who I, why I am who I am in the world. Mm-hmm. Because I've experienced sorrow and depression. It's not like it's all been all, oh, moonbeams and light. But once you've, you know, like another, just two more little things I didn't mention on the list that are part of who I am as teacher. Rachel. I got instructor. I What? Am I too far? Yeah. Since we're doing it, like we're doing it Might as well make it sound nice. I need you, yeah, but you're you're rocking it. You know, I got instructor of the year at UCLA this year for UCLA Extension Writers Program. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm very honored. It shocked me completely. It shocked me so much I almost said a curse word just now, but I caught myself. (laughs) Not a really bad one, but just it shocked me. I was shocked because I I don't think of myself. Like, I don't have ego wrapped up. I don't have ego identity in teacher. Right. I'm grateful to do it, all that stuff, like, but... It blew my mind. But my point is, so there's teacher. Do for, like, I'm so sick. It has to be. We're going to talk. I have to drink water. I'm really sick. <coughs> or the other work I do is, like, in the shamanic realm. We've talked a little bit. We don't have to go too deep into it. We don't freak anyone out, but. Why don't we freak people out? Well, I mean, the, you know, I'll talk about it in a very general sense. Without specifics, but part of shamanic work is, um, and priestess work too, priest work. If, even if you're someone listening who like doesn't, and we can talk about that whole side of stuff too. What is a priestess? What is a priest? What is that identity? Why do we need priestesses getting ordained? What is the actual work, you know, beyond ritual creation? Yeah. But in the shamanic work and in the priestess work, uh, part of it is crossing a boundary to the other side of things. Mm. And so a lot of the things in my life have created situations where I might be on the other side of reality. However you look at it, you can look at it on many levels. Darkness, depression, and a you know, Western kind of medical way or... You know, other things. I I had like so by other side. You're talking about negativity. No, 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 not necessarily. You're talking about or spirituality. Both. That's okay. what I'm saying. I don't know if there's a difference. There's a veil in the material world, right. and on the other side of the veil is all kinds of stuff. Got it. You know, and so like um, to give more context, like when I was very young, very very young, like um, until I was almost three. I have a piece about it on Hebrew. You might already know this, but whatever, and. Probably not. I don't think you obsessively read all of my pieces. And I don't expect the listeners to, so I'll just tell you guys. But, like, <laughs> I was um, I was almost completely deaf till I was, like, three. Did you know that? I didn't know it. Yeah. And does that reveal that I didn't read your piece? 
I mean, a little bit, but no big whoop. Or maybe even read it and it was so long ago you forgot. You know what I mean? It's just worth mentioning Mm -hmm. as things that made my altered perception maybe align with work where you see me as someone who's bringing the spiritual. I'm saying it's funny because in the shamanic realm and also in the priestess realm, it's known that like the things that are our wounds are our ways through. You know what I mean? So What do you mean by that? So this is an example. So because I had my hearing very compromised, let's say, for a few years, mm-hmm. um, I think it altered my sense. My uh, my need to take in sensory information was, you know, maybe heightened through other senses or yeah. other ways. Wow. So that's one thing. But yeah, so but that saying- would be considered, you know, a handicap, a negative thing. Uh, I don't even want to say a handicap. That's like such a dark term at this point. But being differently abled for um, a short part of my life, but a very early fundamental developmental part. It's like I, I think definitely that those are, you know, I'm a poet and a dancer. I think that having no hearing in that time is it, it comes from that. Both of those things because right. dancing is nonverbal and rhythm and like. Who knows if I could like feel rhythm of music at that time or, you know, and words on page were like, you know, you know, it's just obvious to me. Language like you can't even, you know, all that stuff. So when you're saying like it's your way through you, what you mean is that like essentially you can have some pain or some uh, some lack, let's say, uh, in your life. But I don't that, even think of it as a lack. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's a so gift. It's a, right. So that's what I'm saying. So you, yeah. when you say the way through, it's not. You're saying it's not those things. It's actually a way to elevate yourself. Or it's not elevate. That's okay. a thing because like so everybody has their own life path. Not everyone is supposed to have like shamanic and priestess experiences where they're like right. have altered sensory perception or have. But the darkness. principle but is for that me in my we, life, that's how it was. And a lot of people, I'm not alone in that, but I don't think everybody is higher, or holier, you know, anything like that. It's just my wacky life. You right. know, another thing, I have narcolepsy. I hate to, you know, it's a bummer to be like this thing, that thing, but like, I actually think they're like fundamental to who I am, but to have like this thing that the West can only call sleep disorder, but really is just like, you know, the way it manifests is pretty interesting. Mm. But you get my drift, like things that are challenges or make you have a different experience can often lead to a larger understanding of other parts of reality that someone else might not be exposed to. And then if you can find a way, you can use that as a gift for people to help them find freedom when they might be lost or scared or just need to be set free. And so I think when you say I infuse everything I do with spirituality, I think there's like multiple parts to it. One is I'm I'm pretty like uninhibited about my spirituality, even though I do have my hangups and we can talk about those too. Like, you know, just growing up in like a, a Christian dominant society and, and, you know, even just sometimes when you hear the word God and you cringe and you're like, oh, what are we talking about now? And you're like, wait, I believe in God. <laughs> it's hard, you know what I mean? It's a trip. That's a real thing, you know. So it's not like I don't have my stuff, but for all that, I'm pretty out there with my um, spirituality, I would say. So there's that, but also I think what you're partly identifying as infusing things with spirituality is really a desire to just see people just get loose. Like, I just want to see people feel free. I want to see people hmm. um, love themselves, hmm. you know. 
And that's my struggle and journey. It's not like I have it all figured out. And so that's why I also want it for other people too, you know? Right. And so my way of doing that often has something about piercing the veil to it because that's how life handed me that experience. Right. So it's just like a little, you know, puzzle piece. But you're right in that I feel like I I go, wow, you know, I could be like teaching Zumba, another thing I do, um, you know, or teaching, a, you know, a really tech, something technical, like teaching a poetry class at UCLA and like breaking down a sonnet, right. you know, something that's almost, ma- it's mathematical really. Or, you know, doing shamanic work where I'm like chanting and like shaking a rattle or, you know, doing, you know, a more priestess-oriented Jewish prayer circle where we're like sitting on the ground and banging drums and singing nigunim and and feeling so high, like literally high, you know, all these things. What I'm wanting is for everybody to just, ah, like that moment where you're just in the present moment, Hmm. you find that moment, whatever you call it, flow or, you know, Zen, everyone has their own little term for it, but just presence in the present moment. And so I know that there, I know that no matter what's going on, no matter where anyone's at, they're having a great day, everything's good, or they feel like they want to slit their wrists, Everyone will f- have relief from being in that state. So that's that all I'm the, really trying to do. That's what you're trying to do with everything that you do, you mm-hmm. think? Is get people into that state. Yeah, I had an interesting experience but, with it just today. With yeah. the Havria piece on the way here. Because I posted a poem today that was like, did you get to look at that piece? I know you're so busy, so like, don't I worry. I didn't yet. It's fine, it's fine. It's pretty yeah. like dark for me in a way. And I even had shared it with one of my best friends before because, you know, like you want to share a piece with one person before you post it. And I've been so busy. we got to talk about the film fest still. Yeah. But she was like, well, I'm sorry you're so angry. That was her response to reading the piece. And I was <laughs> like, really? I, I feel good. That's so funny. And it made me sad in a way. And I wanted to pull the piece down. Remember I was telling you, I was like, I w- because and the of truth that? is it was part of it. Like, I really want to write a piece about the film fest, but there literally was not enough hours in the day and I'm like deathly ill. And I will, like I have two more weeks and like I'll write it for the next piece. It'll be fine and great. Cause let me tell you, sidebar, we'll get back to it. But there was <laughs> the quality of the films in the film fest were so excellent. Like I wept mm-hmm. at the award ceremony, like eight times from the beauty of the videos. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So I, I also like would love to honor that and write about that, but I just literally haven't had time to create that piece. And I was like coming back on the bus and I just was, you know, this subject that is in the poem came up for me and I wrote about it and then I shared it with my friend and she said, I'm sorry you're feeling so angry and I'm sorry you have to feel that way. And hmm. I was like, really? And I was like, ah. And it kind of hurt, you know, a little. And then I was like, should I pull the piece down? I mean, is it some negative, like, God knows, you know me, like, I don't want to put something negative out there, but we all feel real things. Like, I need to listen to Nine Inch Nails as much as I need to listen to, like, I don't know, something uplifting. Four taps? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I have to cough. Oldies. (coughs) Sorry. It's so much easier said you don't like editing. It's so much, we just be honest. I'm coughing. I'm sick. Yeah. I'm here. We're going to, this is, (coughs) what's the word for it? There's a word for it. Live recording. Real. We're doing... This is unedited footage. It's real deal. Or whatever. Uncut. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, back to the point. So 
Right. For the twofold reason, I was like, I want to pull the piece, partly because I want to do the festival thing, but I knew I didn't have time, but also because of the reaction. And so just now, when I got off the train, I had like a very, for me, I'm having such an honest show right now with you, like very unpleasant experience before coming here, oh. which maybe we'll get into, maybe not, we'll see. Sure. Nothing tragic, just unpleasant. And... And then I have Pearl on the train. It's like rush hour. It's super crowded. People, two people behind me are like having this super loud conversation about people being jerks who bring dogs on train. Like so, I would hear, and I like turned around and addressed them because that's who I am, you know, <laughs> in like a loving way because that's what I do. But it's still like just, uh, she's like shaking, like, physically shaking, like so scared on the train. I'm just like, what am I doing? And then I get off. And I'm walking over and I go on Facebook because I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened with the post. I don't even, I was like, did I even like publish it? I'm like in a fever dream. Do I like make, take the password off? Is it up? And I go and I look and have post. Okay, great. It's on the Facebook page. And someone had put a comment, like a guy too. And he said, I think, I can't quite remember, but something like, thank you so much for posting this poem. It was really healing for me to read it. Wow. And that's not a comment you see on my poems all the time. And so here I'm like, okay, so like, that's why I put something on that. Maybe that's negative or dark, whatever, but like, we all need everything. But just to, I don't know, like thread it all back that even for me, there's like a challenge and an insecurity about having faith that you're doing the right thing on the right path. But always what I'm trying to do, again, is to help someone feel relief. So for him to say that makes me believe that hopefully in that moment yeah. he had a moment's relief in that poem whether he felt oh gosh I don't know what he experienced reading it for sure like she knows how I I felt that way or this is like yeah. you know who knows but he had some sort of moment of connection where he felt less alone on the island of pain that we're all in you know in some way hmm. in solitude and like that's all poetry can do like poetry is it's like Every poem is just trying to like build a bridge, just like build a bridge to the reader, or the listener, or the viewer, however it's getting there, you know? It's so. interesting. Um, another meta Hevria thing is that one of the, we had a recent struggle, I think, I think you witnessed it in the, our, our, in the not in the Tell blogger me. group, but in Hevria book, the Facebook group. You know, I was and so busy, I couldn't even get oh, into no worries. that. So no, I really, I want to still go back and do it, but it was like right in the film release was happening, and like it was crazy times. Yeah, no, so I'll update you on it, because Please. I think it's applicable to this, yeah. where someone essentially like accused, like like on a very, the, the I don't even have to get into the details, but essentially the person was saying like, Hevria's become so negative and I thought that was actually mm. really interesting it was a very interesting discussion he, was, he wasn't just talking about us as writers but as um, the community itself like the people who make up the community he was talking about some posts in Hebrea book and I found that fascinating because he was essentially making an argument that what we do is complain and, and vent and all these things well, people have said and that then, before too like people I mean I've heard that before Right. I think a lot that of artists... like self-indulgent and navel... Ga- no, about Hevria oh, specifically. For sure. And I think it's actually really interesting because, you know, my, my response at the time, and it's something that made me think... You made me think about that when you were talking about the anger thing. Like, that this person responded, like, I'm sorry you're so angry. And it's so funny because I also... Um, I think that... You know, I think what we realized, I think, within Hevria was that we're not against, neg- like when we started off, we're like, we're a positive platform. That's how we made it sound. And that's how we kind of started off. 
And I think then we start to understand we want to be constructive, not destructive. And I think that there's, like, I think that what happened there with that person and why this other person maybe misunderstood your, your work was that you were taking well, she, something. She didn't really misunderstand it. I mean, read the right piece the experience. First. <laughs> oh no, I understand. But she yeah. okay. It's a but I'm saying that she piece. sympathized with you being too angry. And you're saying that you actually feel good. Like that's my experience. Like a lot I of times. felt good after. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it, yeah. Whatever. You know. And that's a whole other thing. You know that we can talk about. But like, you know, sometimes things have like, uh, not sometimes. Like always, they have like a. A reserve period from when you experience it to when you process it and write it. Mm. So some, I mean, right? No, for sometimes sure. people like I, I guess I do too. You're like in the throes of a rage of about something or upset, and you can just like sit down and fire off a poem, I guess. But yeah. I think for me, there's like part of how I deal with stuff. Is like the, part of it is like post trauma, like just kind of shock and just like uh, for a while, in terms of just internal right. processing maybe right. and then like later like there's like a shelf life and then I'm like oh and like I can write about this thing or and that's what allows it to be know, constructive versus, yeah and like I've been yeah. traveling and you know I'm in different spaces and around different people and like stuff reminded me of stuff about it like in terms of what I wrote about but yeah like it wasn't intended to hurt anybody and I don't think it will right you know it's not directed towards one person or you know what I mean anything like that so I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, I think that's the point, though. You're talking, like, you're saying yeah. your goal is to get people into that state. And that flow that state, That state yeah. is not only achieved through... Light and moonbeams and stars. Right. And, and not only that, like, for some people, especially people who may identify with those negative feelings mm-hmm. that you have uh, or had... Um, or maybe might have, be, but they're just not so... Like, I don't know that they're gone, but... Like, I don't know, you have to read the poem, you know what I mean? After all this hullabaloo, but like, I guess it's just that there's not like a charge around it, maybe as strong of a charge as when it's fresh. But like, I don't know that I haven't, I still feel those feelings. Right. You know what I mean? The charge is gone. Yeah. Well, I think that that's interesting. I mean, I think that you creating it also and allowing doing it while after it's seeped in and you've mm. dealt with it that turns it into something where someone else can access it and then Please maybe go God. through that process with you, you yeah know? but i mean even above and beyond that that doesn't still mean it's going to be of a good quality like there's a whole other magic like please god it should be you know let me write it well too that's like a whole other ball of wax <laughs> otherwise like everyone's therapy sessions we could just go buy on cd and transcripts of and listen and be fantastic art but does not work that way. You still there's still the part of like making it good, right? You know, and like crafting well. Right. Please, the Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I tell you about the film festival? It's I so exciting. I think we're at the point you could tell. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So I was just at the Rabbit Heart Poetry Film Festival. I had some actually some interesting discoveries that tie back to stuff here that I was going to tell you about. So the Rabbit Heart Poetry Film Festival is really special. I mean, it's a poetry film festival, so already you know it's special, right? Yeah. It's in Worcester, Massachusetts. Wow. And it was created by an amazing woman named Sue McMillan, hmm. who you may have seen. I like posted a couple times, but I've actually known her for a very long time from poetry. She's she's a polymath. She's incredibly talented in so many ways. It's scary, one of those kind of people. But one of the many things she's in 
in addition to like singer and amazing knitter and amazing craftsman and artist and not just poet, but like novelist and writer extraordinaire and multiple genres beyond that and collage artist. Like the list goes on. She's insanely talented. Um, but we met initially through poetry because we were both poets a long time ago. And I learned the word Shekinah from her because she was doing Shekinah circles. Oh, wow. Yeah, in Worcester, Mass. Is she Jewish? Or? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, she very much is. <laughs> yeah, we have. We were talking a lot about um, similar like ethnic backgrounds as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, so she's a special one anyway, you know, that just from that information. So on top of all these amazing other things she's doing and being a mom and a wife, no. yeah, like she started a film festival <laughs> in Worcester. So this is the fourth year of it. Yeah. And it's so special. The It's a poetry film festival. The only rules are, well, I might be forgetting some rules. Don't quote me on this. But the main rules that are important in my mind right now are the pieces are four minutes and under. That's it. And... um you can't see the poet speaking the poem mm. on camera. Mm -hmm. So it takes this whole ego element out of it. Mm -hmm. you, you just, you're not going to see the person talking. I have to drink and cough. <laughs> <coughs> I feel like I'm going downhill since I got here. <laughs> Do you have like a cough drop or something? I don't think so. I'm really sorry. No, it's okay. I don't know why you would have one. I would have brought one if I thought it would be like, it hasn't been like this. Okay, so oh Pearl, oh, sorry, God, you, what you happened? Can't see. You up. Oh no, it's okay. She does it a lot. It's okay. I'm sorry for laughing. That was okay. shocking to me. It was shocking. Is she so okay? Pearl's blind. She's a blind oracle, mm -hmm. and she just tried to jump up and hit her head on the table very lightly. She's fine. Just surprised both of you. Oh my gosh, you're both good. She's okay. She's fine. Yeah, it was like it wasn't so heavy. Okay, but she's really, really fine. I love her more than life. I wouldn't continue the story. She's like, my best friend saved my life multiple times. Pearl. Ugh, Panina. <laughs> what were we, what were we talking sister. about? The was, film festival. The film festival. So that you can't see the poet performing. Right. Right. It's such a beautiful thing. And just to go off on a tangent about it, it's so holy. And it's, she's such a magical Jewish, she's a priestess. I'm trying to get her to go herself, wow. to go in it. Um, but it's this brilliant thing where boundaries actually create freedom. Mm, right. And so you have this other goddess, Tasha Blank, mm -hmm. doing the get down in New York that I did just like a couple days before. Right. Is that the one that Chloe is very into? Yeah. Chloe is the one who introduced me and Tasha. Wow. She was like, I right. can't handle you two not knowing each other any longer. I'm sending in. This is what happened. Me and Chloe were hanging out in L.A. because Chloe was out there doing work. So just so people know, yeah. Chloe is Chloe Valdari, who is, I believe, episode 20. Um, very recent. Episode 90. Yeah, she's very awesome. recent. It was a great episode. Yeah, she's, I love that. She's a, a real yeah. special person. She's so special. I love her. Yeah. So we've known each other for a few years from Israel advocacy work. Okay. And... Um, so she was in LA visiting and she was like, you guys have to, this is just crazy. You should know each other. Right. And I was like, she's amazing. And she's like, I have her email. I'm going to email you both right now. And Tasha emails right back. She's like, I'm here in LA. You want to hang out? And I was like, yeah. So me and Tasha like went to Venice Beach the next day and just talked about life 
and soul and poetry and music, like at the ocean, at the sunset on Venice Beach with Pearl. And um, I was like, she is she is such a special person. She's an important leader. She has a video, too, about dance. You may have seen it. It's If you just look up Tasha Blank dance video, listeners, please do it. Um, it's incredible. You've probably seen it. Right. So what does she Amazing. do exactly? So many things. Also a polymath, but right. she's a DJ. She's an excellent writer, an excellent mm-hmm. dancer, and other things, I'm sure. But the get down is her event she throws, mm-hmm. and she DJs at it. And also, though, her it's not just her DJing, which is really extremely excellent, but it's her whole curation of the event. It's completely curated by her. It's twice a month in two different locations. It's Yellow in Manhattan and then at House of Yes in Brooklyn. Mm. But she has, again, boundaries. There's so much more to it, but boundaries to the event. The boundaries are no cell phones on the dance floor, Hmm. no drinks on the dance floor, and no unwanted touching on the dance floor. (laughs) And it's like revolutionary yeah. you have orthodox women can go and dance there and be safe and be in different areas and be safe you have people of all ages all ethnicity I went I performed there I saw it with my own two eyes I danced all night it's incredible wow. and it was like the thing that I was so blown away I stood for a while and like I was watching and I was and she has amazing percussionist a percussionist named AJ I mean it's everyone should go it's an incredibly uplifting event I'm so thrilled with what she's doing but also her poetry and what she says on the mic at the event I mean it's really she has created a ritual it's very and there's other ritualistic elements like it's just really special yeah it's really interesting cuz like one of the things we I need s- ritual yeah it's going to heal us right and it has to be Healing, it has to be holy, it has to be light-filled, it has to be safe for yeah. women mm-hmm. and all people anywhere on the gender spectrum. But this is this is what I saw because of this boundary that um, I saw men, I saw everyone, everyone on the gender spectrum, but I saw men have permission to not be jerks. <laughs> but I almost think, you know, in the, in the mainstream world, you know yeah. what I mean, though? No, and that's yeah, what mean. I realized. In the mainstream world, there's all this kind of bravado and machismo and all this other stuff that almost like in you can like contexts. let someone dance yeah. in a club and not like attack them from behind. It's really gotten crazy the last few years. It's really out there that there was maybe even something like, what's your problem? But because they're not allowed to, I mean, obviously those guys are like predator. They're creeps. They're not going to enjoy this place anyway. Right, they wouldn't like the get down, so it's not welcoming to someone who's an opportunist in that way. Let's say, right? But what I saw is guys have permission to be cool, you know, just be cool about it, and it was just so beautiful. And then I saw the same thing with Sue, and this is part of this revolution that I really believe is happening as we watch this old um, like power structure just it be crumble under the weight of its own ridiculous clown-like bravado joke (laughs) terror it can't sustain and so there's all these new interesting models that I see that reflect the feminine but are not 
only for women in any way, just like masculine things haven't only been for men, you know, their energies. And again, you have the whole gender spectrum. So, you know, but you're seeing these things come to light and this is Shabbat, Hmm. right? You can look at Shabbat, like think of a petulant kid, right? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't play with my video games. I can't take the car out. I can't. Or is it permission to be still, permission to be present, permission to love, permission to... So you're seeing, and and Shabbat is feminine. I mean, welcome the Shabbos queen. It's so interesting because I think like, I, I feel like a lot of people when they hear these things, they tend to see parallels to religion. Whereas, like, what I feel like you're describing, and I, I could be wrong, but I, like, at least this is what I feel, and I know Chloe feels this way when I spoke to her about this, but, like, these literally are religious acts that people are doing. Well, these this word, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of semantics, but is it a right. sacred ritual? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's and not it's part of a the consciousness. whatever, but... Yeah, like, I, don't need, I have trouble even calling Judaism a religion. You know what I mean? Right. So that's why I'm saying it's just about semantics. Right. That's interesting. Like, I don't... I, it didn't become a religion until like pre World War One Europe. It was we were dirty Jews. And we're still dirty Jews. It's just like a way of like it was a very well intended way of trying to ingratiate so ourselves into about, European society. When you're talking about religion, you're talking about institutional stuff, right? Is that well, I'm just saying that word is is I know, problematic I'm saying for you that like that's the implication of that word. Yes. An yeah. institutionalized right. nature, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Right. So, okay. So we like, I'll ch- you know, change the wording, but I think like essentially what we're talking the about Sacred, is ritual, it's, transcendent. Yes. Right, right exactly. But it, it depends on the consciousness being brought to it. Right. You well, know? just like Shabbos. You can go uh, to Shabbos. Of course, and be, of course. I mean, that's kind of the point of those yeah. rituals. Rituals are what we put into them, right? Yeah. It's a vessel for and us we, to... Amen. We need them more than ever. We're like so isolated. This is why... Like something as ludicrous as Zumba seemingly right. can be such an important ritual because, and I started noticing it a few years ago because like I've been teaching fitness for like 10 years now, which is crazy to think about. Like yeah. you go, you don't even, you know me, but you like don't know me so long term. Like the listeners don't know me, but I'm like, like if 15 year old me knew I was teaching fitness, they would be like, what is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not your typical fitness teacher, let's say. Right. But what I started noticing just a couple years ago is like we'd come in the room to start class and we're just like class doesn't start, just everyone's gathering. I'm about to put on the music, everyone's standing around and people are like a little weirded out, like sketched down like, ah, oh, this is the first time you've been around other humans without a screen in front of you today. So even just Zumba is one hour without your phone is like a momish a big deal. What, have you ever heard it's of this terrifying. study? You heard this study called How We Gather? Mm-mm. It was a pretty well-known study, like, among a certain group, a certain... I'm just looking at that time. Oh, my God. We've got 18 we gotta, minutes. Okay. But it's so it very interesting. I got to get to my plane. That's the only reason, just oh. so they know. Yeah. Just telling the listeners, it's a very exciting high-stakes time. Yes, we're... On my way to the airport after this, yeah. flying back to this LA. This is like, what do they call it? So there's a device, uh, a narrative My penultimate device. experience? Where No, where you have a... A ticking clock, that's what it's called yeah. in, in, in a fictional story. So we have a ticking we clock. We have a ticking clock, baby. We got that <laughs> device. Okay, go on. So You're about to say. There's this study called How We Gather. How We Gather. And <coughs> Sorry. Gross. The idea is essentially that people, like, 
we've been uh, institutional religious organizations have been so focused on how they are used to gathering people that they are unaware, as you described, that people like they think that people are losing touch with ritual and with uh, religious experience, spiritual experience, mm-hmm. you know, like what you're describing, these sacred moments and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And they, like there's this perception that that's what's happening. People are leaving the church. They're leaving mm-hmm. synagogue. They're leaving all these things. And the truth is what's actually happening is they're finding other places to gather, right? That's why yes it's called How We no. Gather. Like I get it and I agree. And it's a very optimistic perspective. And I, and I think some people are. Some oh no! People, I mean, you know what I for mean. For sure, and this has been, a rock concert is a ritual. So as mm-hmm. long as we've had music concerts, and you look at like Shakespeare plays back in the day, and like the audience completely invested in the entire unfolding. Good theater is a ritual experience. We all mm-hmm. know we're gonna gather, we're gonna sit down. It's gonna get dark. You know what I mean? So we do have these other rituals, but you still have too many people isolated. I think, but well, I think that's actually the point, though. That I think that yeah. was the point of the study was that people, because these organizations aren't aware of it, they're mm-hmm. not investing in it. Like so, right? They're not creating. I get it. Believe me, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of problem with institutionalized, organized religion, as you can imagine. But right. they're not creating a vital experience. Right. Otherwise, so, that is where people would be. Right. But the thing is, no, I'm saying they're not investing in those other things. Right. That, that are the things that are actually gathering Right. People. I'm saying they're not right. creating a vital experience or they'd be at their stuff. Right. Exactly. There could be, you know, any, they'd be like, oh my God, I, I got to go. It's so great. And sometimes those things happen. Right. But here, here's where it gets tricky. It's like, it depends. You don't want to like, or I don't want, you don't want uh, an institution to get really good at creating the illusion of a really cool, engaging ritual experience for the sake of recruitment. I want real from the ground up ritual. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's very subtle. It's a little bit tricky. You know what I mean? But it's all about the leadership. Like, who do you have? Who's your rabbi there? Who's your, I mean, it could be a priest or whatever, right. I guess. It could be anybody. I actually don't think it's that subtle. I think that there are these. It can this, be, though. Right. It can I mean, it's be. Like this, it's like when we talk about Kiruv, you know, mm-hmm. this idea that uh, we're going to make a cool event that has yeah, like then it's like very Jewish obvious. rock. Yeah, and, you're like, oh. Right. So, but then there's, but then there's like, I think the thing is about uh, like, it's, it's actually fascinating what you're describing. Cause I think the very definition of the difference, I think, in how we gather quote unquote, that, that line mm-hmm. is that it's ground up. Like it's, yeah, it's it organic. To, right. It has to be, so yeah. if those people were really investing in, in that idea of really gathering people in there, and they wouldn't get like a priest, like the, their, the person at the top to be deciding on a yoga class or something. They would pick someone who's already running a Zumba class and they would empower yeah, I'm them. Say that even that is like, like I like things like the Tasha Blank thing because right. no church or organization or institution of any kind, even a music label came and plucked her up and said, do what you're doing. She has this whole following that grew organically from the ground up Right. And at least for now, continues to sustain and be a natural, organic, very palpable, love-filled right. environment. But I think what's the the pro- like? I guess the reason that I'm still thinking about this is because I think you're saying like there's a lot of lonely people, right? Yeah. And I think part of we're the problem is we're all behind our screens too, right? We're going from well, that that for sure. 
And then there's also that, for better or for worse, those institutions were how we didn't feel lonely for a long time. So unfortunately, there's there's a transition that's happening, right, between one to the other. This is what right. I'm saying. I understand you and Chloe's point, and yeah. I partially agree. That's well, all. Well, I'm just saying it's just a reality. But like, the that truth is, what, it's more what I was talking, in my opinion, right. it's more what I was talking about before is that the masculine models of things, which it, religious institutions definitely right. fall into this, right. linear things. Right. Um, and again, masculine models aren't all bad. I like. You're saying I'm, like someone this, funding these things. No, You're no, saying no, no, that. No, I'm that just version? saying. No, no, no. I'm just talking. A masculine model, a linear, one person in charge is a masculine linear model. Right. You know what I mean? Um, a tiered system with something at the top. You know, there's a whole, right. and again, it's not like masculine, bad, feminine, good at all. Right. I love the sacred masculine so much. But certain new ways are cropping up. I'll give you some more examples so it'll make sense. But like this film festival is one, and I want, I just wanted to like finish what I was saying about that because like, the quality of the films, like we haven't even talked about my video or anything. We're talking all this like theoretical stuff. I love it. But the quality of the films were so good. I really want people to go to her website and you can see all the finalists mm-hmm. and all the categories are up on the Rabbit Heart Poetry Film Festival websites. You can just look it up. It's just those words. If you put it in Google, it'll come up. And it was so strong. It was so thrilling and it's so exciting to see so many people resonate with this idea that there's not again this kind of um this thing that happens when you let the person speak on camera and say the poem and again it's something i love but it's interesting to see the other way Mm. you know it doesn't it's like this kind of um this puffed up chest and bravado and and kind of you know, things that have grown out of different movements and like influenced spoken word and just like taking a step back and doing it another way, you know, that has this boundary that has created a freedom. And then Tasha like having these boundaries, no cell phones, no drinks, no unwanted touching creates a freedom. And Shabbat is boundaries creating a freedom. So it's all like, it's very exciting. And these are the things like, so my point is in terms of the ritual idea that you're talking about, there are new things sprouting up and there are new things, new ways of being. But I don't think it's as simple as saying the church isn't working, so this is happening instead. Because like rock concerts have been doing that for at least, I don't know, 60 years, the 50s, right? Like Elvis. Mm-hmm. And then you have like, I mean, and again, then we have to start talking about how like everything in the U.S., is stolen from the African-American movement because what really happened is that you had gospel and you had the black... She just barked. Pearl just parked for some reason. It was really cute. I don't know why. So you have all this music coming out of the black church and then this becomes soul and R&B and then you have Elvis take it and just repackage it for the white audience. And so really everything that has created ritual has come from the enslavement of African people being brought here and the rituals they brought. Like, I'm telling you, if you study it and you unpack it and you look at how these rituals have unfolded in the collective experiences, like rock and roll would not exist without black people in America. It's not possible. I don't care if you're talking about Metallica or you're talking about... You know, well, what's interesting also about that was that that a lot of the that music and and whatever, especially 
the more historic, the more the further back you go, the more it was religious, like a of religious course. expression, and like spirituals right. and gospel, and then R and B and soul, and coming right. from again to talk about true and deep pain. Right. Like, okay, so here's the thing: like ritual being created not for um, recruitment or for um, even just the pleasantness of gathering together, but because it's life or death. Because we need each other, we need to gather, we need to be together. It's a matter of life or death. Right. And so, like, then we're back to that whole same thing I was talking about in the beginning about why does it matter? Why do you perceive me as infusing things with spirituality? Like, it's a matter of life or death. And I'm reaching out to the people who like it. They're like, you know what I mean? Like, like you can save some, you could save a life. Like you don't know the effects of just like, you know, doing like what our sages teach of like, just like choosing kindness in every moment. You know what I mean? Just choosing empathy as much as you can and being like, cause that's really all I'm doing is like, what I'm seeing is what I'm seeing when I look at every person is like the little kid inside them that whatever, at whatever point, like, stopped thinking they could do everything. Cause like at some point when you're a little kid, if someone asks if you can sing, you say yes. And if you can dance, you say yes. And if you can draw, you say yes. And at some point you learn, Oh, I guess, no, I'm not good at that. I'm not pretty. I'm not whatever. I'm not. So I'm just like, I'm trying to reawaken that little kid and everyone that like knows they can do anything and it's great and it doesn't matter. And everything's pretty and everything's good. And every, you know, and so that is the life or death high stakes part of it. And so it's all kind of the answer to the same question, if it makes sense, why we need ritual, why I'm interested in creating ritual. Yeah. And why you do it in different realms. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm going to reach someone at a poetry reading who I could never reach and right. would never set foot in a Zumba class. And there's probably people in my Zumba class who wouldn't want to come see me do my poetry. Right. And, like, all the other stuff, too, and, like, the shamanic work or the priestess work or, and there's some people who like all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like four of us. Oi, Ray. Oi. Are you okay? I mean, whatever. Like I'm as okay as I've been. It's just real. It's just real deal. I got a little, I've been traveling. I took a plane and then I took the bus and then I took another bus, you know, which germs. I did everything a human could do. I took the wellness formula. I had the, like the like the airborne tablet thing, all this stuff you could do to try to stay healthy. It just well, it got me. Shiver Fushlima. Please God, like sooner than soon, Amen, Amen, please. I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. It's crazy. Can we just say like one thing of tying those last two things together? Oh sorry. I was far away again. <laughs> Hold on. The one thing that is nice about the video we did, dancing lesson, which we didn't even really talk about yet, but that we used, I actually used people from my Zumba classes. Oh, is that who yeah. was? That's so great. So for like a couple years now, so I had this, this video, idea. We should, oh, you're, you're Yeah, no, go ahead. Go, what were you going to say? No, I was going to just describe the video, but you Please, were, no, please. Say, I no, hear it essentially, you took one of your Hevria poems and yeah. you turned it into this beautiful video celebrating you know, celebrating what the poem was celebrating, which is, you know, accepting our bodies. Just, I guess. Uh, yeah, but and I think like, it's like almost even bigger than that. Yes, yeah. Like just, yeah, I don't want to sum it up. No, but yeah. it's okay. Like, I think it but is But the point that. was you did it by yeah. having these women dance together, right? Yeah, but that's also an important point. You make very good important points. Like, it is a Hevria poem, and it is something about 
I mean, what the poem's actually about, like, I remembered, I, I remember it right now, this moment. And I remember being very small, like, like probably like between five and eight and sometimes feeling kind of like what we might consider now, like some sort of religious ecstasy, maybe like some sort of like feeling overtaken if I'd be like singing or dancing and like feeling myself just completely let go and be like smiling and laughing or maybe even crying and just being like, shut it down, shut it down. Like something inside me Hmm. at that point, I don't know why, like if I got messaging or if it was internal or but I remember feeling it a couple of times where I'd be like really entering some sort of state of bliss, freak out, and just be like, like, like really compose yourself, fight that feeling, put it away. Hmm. Even me, I'm like a wild woman, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, if I remember doing this and feeling this, I mean, everybody must go through this, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> some version of this. Yeah. And so I kind of was just, that was part of the thought of it, you know, is like trying to, whatever that moment was for you, you know, that same idea of building a bridge that the specific is the universal and be like, even if you didn't have that exact moment, you probably had something similar where you felt like shut it down, shame comes in or whatever. Yeah. And also just about all, all the pain and sorrow we carry in our lives and like the connection between that kid who can be free and smile and like have a big explosive experience is probably the same person who can like, you know, do like the animals do. Like if, you know, a duck gets angry, it flaps his wings and freaks out and then it's fine. It doesn't like, you know, smolder over it for the next 10 years and get <laughs> ulcers and like act passive aggressive and all the things that grownups we all do. And just ugh. so it was all, you know, just trying to connect all those two things and saying where that where dance can take us is beyond language, which mm. is my life. Because like I have the language and the lack of language parts, you know, the dance is nonverbal and the verbal is the verbal. <laughs> So, yeah, so before I even had written that poem, I had this idea that I wanted to have dancing, like, and I was like, I'll get some of the people from Zumba class, <laughs> and we'll do a dance somewhere, and we'll do it to the Zumba song, but then we'll slow it down and put the poem over, and it'll just be wild. Like, I had this idea, and Brad Cooper, the director, is incredible, and then we had Adam Smith on board, who does music, did the music with him. They're like old friends. They grew up together in Connecticut, and they're incredibly talented. It was a dream come true to work with them. Like literally, like I begged them to work with me. Finally convinced them. So, Coop and I had done Mermaid Esther, which is also a Hebrea poem, and then one more before that called Lie Down Beside You, and he and Adam have done music together for years. And so this one I'd gotten both of them to agree to do. So we're having our meeting to decide which poem to do. Mm. We knew the idea of the dancing was going to be in it. And um, Adam's daughter, Julia, was just having to be around, hanging around, listening to us talk. And as we're looking at poems, I had, I had two poems in the last year that I'd written about dancing. Dancing lesson. And then there's another one, um, You Should Be Dancing. And so we were looking, I was like, maybe it's too obvious. Like we probably shouldn't even do a dance poem at all. But since we're doing dancing in the video, like here's two about dancing I was looking at, but like, there's also this and this and this poem and like, whatever you guys are excited about, we should do. I always feel that way with collaboration. Like Coop chose Mermaid Esther. That was the poem he was excited to work. You know what I mean? Like that's where I want, again, I want their passion. I don't want them to be like, I'm doing a video for Rachel. I want them to be as invested as I am. It's our collective project, you know? Right. So... We're looking at those two poems, and Julia is, is a teen, a really awesome teen, like 19, you know, 
and she heard that poem and she was like, she just was like, that's, she interrupted us rightfully. It was like, that's the one you should do. She chose the poem. So that's how it happened. And I was like, what? She's like, she's like, no, that's the one. She's like, that's <laughs> the one. She's like, she's like that one. She said something. She's like, the other poems go out, but this one goes in Ooh. and everyone needs this. And I was like, that's what I think too. I was like, I was like done. First of all, if you know any t- teenagers, you know, they're cooler than you. So you should just take their <laughs> advice. That's a no brainer. <laughs> First and foremost, if they tell you aesthetically like that one, buy those shoes, you know, get that haircut, do that <laughs> poem. Like I'm no dummy. If a teenager tells me to do it, done. So that's how that poem ended up being. So then I go, you know, okay, we have our date. We're going to shoot. And I go, I teach at three different locations, Zumba. So I'm like telling my dancers, like, you know, I have my people who are like nuts like me. I could tell like they need to get free. They're my people that they're why I'm teaching. I'm teaching for everyone. I'm happy. Everyone's having whatever level, but there's in every class, a few of those women who just, I can tell they're saving their own lives. They're getting into it. They're having the ecstatic moment. And those are my homies. So I'm telling my women and like really everyone, but I know they're the ones who are going to end up, Hey, we're going to shoot this video. We have the date set who's available. And like, this is literally the group of women that were available. And if you see the video, see just like the diversity and beauty is unbelievable. But like, and it's wild because we're in Hollywood where, you know, artificial things are built every day. So I feel like we could have got a casting director and I could be like, I want to do a video and I want it to be very diverse and different ages and body types and ethnic background. And I just, I feel like we couldn't have done better with the best casting director in the world. And I feel like it would have read as false. Like, like we were trying to do something quote unquote inclusive or diverse or this was natural. These are my homies. Like this is who I dance with. This is who happened. There's other homies that just weren't available or out of town or, you know, whatever. This is who was available. This is who was in the video. And we have like a complete like cross-section of who lives in Los Angeles. And it's just so winning. So we won for Best Sound of Music. Wow. And then we won the best overall for the whole festival. Wow. And I mean, like I said, Coop and Adam are out of control. So they, I mean... I say that, like, they deserve to win for music, but, like, seriously, every video in every category in this film festival is, like, mind-bendingly awesome. So all the Sound and Music ones were insanely good. I I don't know how the judges did it. I don't even know why they chose us. Everything was amazing. Amazing. And then, um, but just, like, when we won Best Overall, like, Best Film, and just to know all those women, you know, like, my homegirls, like, my Zumba girls, like, you know, there's stars like on the big screen, just like being beautiful and fabulous. And just to know that and know they know that is like good. It's a good feeling, like makes me feel good about making that video. And like I said in the awards too, but like, I should like drop dead right now. Please, God, I shouldn't even say when I'm sick, especially. But like, if that was like my last message, like if that was my last love letter to the world and that was the last thing. You know, I'm very honored that it got this award, that it would get this recognition and that they recognized why it was important. It wasn't about me or my different outfits or hair flipping or the poems really. It's these women and the music and, you know. I think it's cool. It's like you made a piece of art that kind of reflects what you were just describing, that whole desire for ritual and like kind of just creating something that contained that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And just I hope people can watch it and feel free, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then I have the, also my children's book coming out, You Sparkle okay. Inside. And so wow. that's like basically the kids' version of that. Like the, the nutshell version of it is 
You're made out of atoms. That's what stars are made of. Hence, you are made out of stars. You're totally awesome because you're made out of stars. You sparkle. P.S. There's some jerks who don't want to see your sparkle because they forgot they sparkle. Don't worry about them. Just keep sparkling. The end. But it has the art of Rin Kolobuchi, who's <laughs> like her. It's She's a fine artist, like these incredible oil paintings. She's in the video. She's the dancer who's like on my right with the little pigtails and the fan. She's in the videos. She's like my Zumba homegirl. And like when we started to become closer and I saw her paintings, I realized she was supposed to do the art for you sparkle. And so I was like, cool. Yeah. All right. So Total Bashert. We're at the end. Just here. like me and you and Havria, all oh, Bashert. Sure. What do you want to plug besides you got your book? I mean, that's it. You, you know, like the... like you sparkle inside is coming soon. So, I mean, yeah. people can listen. Just come to the website. Yeah, we didn't even talk about my book. Oi. Talk about it right so, now. So, no, no, I just, you know, I have my new book. It was exciting because I decided to accept the contract at the last Hevria birthday show, and it was nice to come have it. Yeah. This one, it's called A Prayer on Behalf of the Broken Art Heart. <laughs> a Prayer on Behalf of the Broken Heart. I said art because I was going to tell you about the art on the cover, the photograph by Timmy Leung, who I am so grateful to and love the photograph so much. And now we're friends. Like, that's why I love the interwebs because... We, I found his art on Flickr. Yeah, it's awesome. I looked up Broken Heart and used Interesting as the search. <laughs> you're, give, you're giving away our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I give it away to everyone. That's part of the new feminine uprising. I'm giving it away. Yeah, inclusivity, not exclusivity. Love it. No um, privacy and like ownership. It doesn't work anymore in the world. Well, you know, want to hear one more? And then you'll understand what I'm talking about. I'll give you one more. A sliding scale price is part of the new feminine instead of masculine. Mm. And I find it's very helpful for me. Like when people want to hire me for a gig or, you know, a commission me to write something or I work one-on-one with whatever. It's been, I hate talking about money. I hate negotiating and dealing with that stuff. Then I realized, like, the sacred feminine is rising. There's a new way it can do it. And I can give people a sliding scale. So if I say randomly, I said to somebody, okay, it's 500 bucks for um, a made-up thing, a gingerbread poetry house. I just made that up for the sake of this conversation. For sure, they're going to try to get it for three. Like, it's just how we work in the masculine model. We have to bargain and all this. But if I say to somebody, oh, the gingerbread poetry house is between three and $700, They'll offer me six usually. I don't even have to deal with the bargain. Or I could even say it's between five and eight hundred or whatever. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to give the bottom if you give them the freedom to choose. And they're able. I would never try to fleece someone. Like if I'm working with a nonprofit, it's different. But I'm just giving the example. My very expensive gingerbread poetry house, by the way. Very spendy. I'd like to see this gingerbread poetry house. But do you catch my drift? So the old masculine model is setting a price and then haggling and bargaining. And you know you're not going to get your initial offer because it's going to be like a battle of wills. Uh, The feminine model is here's a a range of prices. Choose what feels comfortable for you in there. So is that you're saying that's what you're doing with your book? No. My book is not up to me to set the price because I have a real life publisher. (laughs) It's $14.99. Got it. I don't have any wiggle room because it's like a real grown up publisher. Got it. But I was just, I was thinking out loud about how I was saying before I would give you further examples of what I meant by a feminine model. 
as yeah. opposed to a masculine model. So we have the idea of boundaries creating freedom. We have the idea of inclusivity as opposed to exclusivity. It's a very masculine thing that's like not pop. It's, it's like losing its popularity of saying only a few people can get into this club and like being like everybody join this circle. You're seeing people start to be more inclusive than exclusive. We're also in like very dark times. Obviously, we need to choose love and we need to choose light. And the feminine model can help heal some of the wounds without negating the masculine, which I definitely don't want to do. Rachel, it's so good to have you. That's all from Rabbi Isaac Luria, by the way. I don't want to take credit. (laughs) It's cool. Uh, people can find you on rachelcan.com yeah thanks for saying my last name right Uh, yeah I've learned it took me three years I don't really care because we had a funny thing at the show r-a-c-h-e-l-k-a-n as in nancy n as in nancy.com because sometimes people put the h (laughs) yeah there's a rachel k-h and poet so we gotta be careful got it thank you so much for having me thank you such a treat to be here we did it we Thank you to the it. Rabbit Heart Poetry Festival. Thank you to Tasha Blank. Thank you to all my teachers. I have to thank my teachers. Is that okay? Sure. Rabbi Yona Refson, Rabbi Sarah Udi Scheinheiter, Rabbi Jill Hammer, Rabbi Shoshana Jedwab. I want to thank too. Yeah. They're so good. Rabbi David Sachs. Ugh. I'm so lucky. Mimi Feigelson. There's so much good stuff coming. Stay tuned for Out With Rachel podcast, right? They're coming. They're so good. Wait till you hear them. So good to talk to you guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for listening to Hivria Cast. I'm Aladna Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hivria.com or facebook.com slash mag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City. And the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Kal, kalad, kalyan.